record now. Hey, everybody, it's your host, Felipe Melicio, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me is a special guest. He goes by the name of Leon Tompkins. Leon, how are you doing this morning? Doing pretty good, brother. Uh, got my Expo jersey on. Uh, see it. Throwing it back a bit, but uh, glad to be on the show, doing back-to-back. That's right. Uh, had uh, our episode yesterday uh, of the Step Back with my good friend Jacob. As a matter of fact, it's three and four nights. Uh, oh, also was on the audible for the NFL draft. Uh, That's right. You've nice, been busy. You've been busy. Yeah, the, oh yeah, that was a, that was a nice little run we got going here. But uh, I'm glad to be on here, talk some fantasy baseball, and uh, pump my chest a little bit. Yeah, because uh, uh, the Expos are back. No, uh, you, no, you're actually doing very well uh, in our baseball life uh, Facebook. Uh, fantasy baseball league uh as uh, we're going to be talking about that giving you guys a little recap it's one of the perks of being in this league is that uh your we will record what your uh progress is so without further ado everybody's been waiting long enough and uh oh by the way i, I wanted to mention uh, that you did plug your show right but uh, it's no longer at the ballist life facebook group it's now on the basketball life uh facebook group as uh um, it was a long time coming. I remember I brought it up before to change the name and everybody was okay with the ballist life moniker, which I, I, I'm the one who picked out the ballist life name for that basketball group. Cause I, I, I liked it, um, uh, for a very long time. I felt that, that it was a, a good allegory to life itself and, uh, mixing basketball as well. So it just feels like sometimes the best, uh, representation of life itself is NBA basketball. And then it just kind of lost its luster, didn't it? It's like it, it's uh, hard to say. Yeah. It's uh, it, I stumble over the words sometimes. Uh, over the right. ballless life basketball group. So you got to say basketball anyway at the end. Right. So we figured let's just keep it uh, uniform with the rest of the other groups and just call it basketball life. And I'm already a big fan. Um, only problem is that I just got to make sure I don't confuse our group with other basketball groups with the word basketball in it. So yeah, there's no way that's happening. Once we get a logo, that's it. Oh yeah, once we oh yeah, once we get that sweet logo like the baseball life logo you got right behind you, uh, yeah, uh, I could see uh, a a dunking silhouette, or uh, or or just like a Steph Curry knockoff of him shooting a a, a mid range jumper a mid mid range. When does he ever shoot mid range? No, uh, a half court jumper. So, all right, let's get going. Uh, so at our baseball life Facebook group, uh, fantasy baseball league, uh, we will go in reverse order trying to figure out what's good and bad about these teams. And first and foremost, it is comf- comfortably in first. That's James Handeboat's team, which uh, I'll probably tag right now. And I'm going to ask him, James Handeboat, why does your team suck so much as he's in dead last, according to the standings here that we use? Uh, we are a head-to-head 11 by 11 categories league. And I'm in the uh, I'm in the part of the standings where it sorts it by, uh, if this were, uh, what do you call it? Um a roto league mm-hmm. so uh in reverse standings by roto he'd be in dead last with 101 and a half points uh way behind uh jacob's team your partner over there at the basketball life uh podcast that you do with him but let's start with uh, james handleboat's team first uh looks like he has a really good bullpen has all the saves uh struggles with the holds in terms of pitching uh, and it's just getting his ass lit up in ERA, WHIP, all the rate stats that uh, he's just not – he doesn't have it. Um, and in terms of offense, he has doubles. What can you tell me that you see on your end about James's team? 
you know what? Do you have his roster on the on the screen? Uh, I do not. Uh, I can get it up for you if you want uh, and share it with everybody else. If that's what you sure. want me to do. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. But uh, you, you mentioned saves in, in the in, in the comment there. Saves is one category, doubles is one. And to be so dependent on those two categories and struggle everywhere else, it, it's a bit of a it's a lot to ask. Let's look at his roster here. And this is the pitching staff right here that I'm showing since we're talking about saves. I mean, Mark Melanson has been pretty good for him. Jake McGee has been pretty good for him. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, no holds. That, that's rough, man. You you gotta you gotta plan for that type of stuff. I know, like you know what it is, Leon. Uh, natural instinct as a fantasy baseball leaguer is to uh, always go after those closers and get those saves, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. But you should know by now in our league, we do account for holds, and this is gonna do it to you. You need those holds. I'm sorry. You just gotta find a way. Uh, we, you, we, and, and we talked about this last year, Leon. You you've been in a holds league uh, in a in a separate league. Uh, how how do you draft for holds uh, when you're uh, in a league like that? Well, for closers, you you always have about four or five bona fide closers. You look at your Chapmans, even Kimbrel this year looks pretty pretty good. Uh, but Josh Haters, those go off the board pretty quickly. Once you go past those elite closers, you go for the elite setup men, uh, the Chad Greens, the I took Tanner Rainey, now Blake Trinan of the upper echelon. 90 95 win teams you figure they're going to get a bunch of holds and then you can get your liam Hendricks and and those closers slash setup men who might jump into that closer role later and we look at his team here mark melanson is the established closer for uh projected 90 to 95 win team so i could see his process here jake mcgee of a surprising uh san francisco giants uh, I, I can see where he's getting his saves from, but Iglesias has been god awful for the past two years, and yeah. I, I do like his starting pitching. Uh, Danny Duffy, the ERA leader, our cover photo for today. <laughs> uh, he's been listening to Sean, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Sean's been kind of uh, on the Danny Duffy bandwagon for like the last uh, two or three weeks, and I just keep you know brushing him off. It's just Danny Duffy, but. Yeah, man, Danny Duffy has uh, has done a lot to improve. Uh, his velocity is up. His movement is up. Uh, people are chasing his pitches when they haven't been chasing them before. So we'll see if this is actually a permanent thing. But yeah, that that helps a lot. Um, but he's still in last place in terms of the of the standings. And you know, I might as well just show you the standings that I see here, mm -hmm. uh, as you can see. Yep. So it's by points, rotisserie points. You see that? Yep. James is in last place, and. He got a lot of doubles, so let's take a look at his uh, his roster on offense now. Uh, and there's Omar Narvaez. Uh, sorry, Omar Narvaez has the singles there. But the doubles, what, Xander Borgards hitting those uh, balls off the green monster helps a lot. Mm -hmm. um, let's see if I can go a little lower. And those yeah, are... Kyle Seeger, second with nine. Uh, Kyle Seeger has been a, always been an underrated hitter, but, you know, hitting in Seattle is, is hit or miss with that lineup. Yeah. But yeah, this this his lineup here: Goldschmidt, uh, really struggling, batting, but uh, two thirty four. Yeah, and we do account for batting average and on base, so he's not even getting help in either of these. And twenty nine strikeouts already. Uh, wow, I, I know that's oh, well. Joey Gallo's at forty three, but 
<laughs> at least he's getting on base at 404 uh, on base percentage. Um, Michael Conforto also struggling. I know this because he's in my points league. So, yeah, and, and this is where becoming a homer kind of hurts you as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know very well myself. We'll, we'll get to that later. But Conforto started out hot and then has been struggling for the past three weeks. Uh, he hit a home run yesterday in the ninth inning, so he might be turning it around now. But uh, Conforto, George Springer hit two moonshots yesterday. Uh, Springer's been on the IL. So there's hope for his team turning it around. It's been a rough April for a lot of these hitters. Yeah. And uh, uh, he also has Kristen Yelich uh, yeah. on the IL as well. So uh, probably waiting for him to get back. But, yeah, it's, it, it is rough. It is rough when you're waiting for the – when you have a, 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 a superstar like Christian Yelich out for this amount, and he was doing pretty well too, mm-hmm. uh, 333 batting average, 459, looks like he was finally back and, and, and uh, injury-free. And then that back problem has just been a big issue. Uh, but, yeah, look at all the rest of his bench, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> we, it, we, were, we were just talking about some of the guys that are struggling who are starting for him, and he has no one to replace them with because everybody's just been bad. Go ahead. No, and, and this goes to show – I don't know if COVID or the shortened season and the abbreviated uh, uh, spring training, what they had, when you go into drafting, do you base off out of 2019 or what they had of 2020? And you look at these names and there's so many names uh, that are struggling. Uh, Daniel Suarez, yeah, you know, bona fide 35 home run guy, Pat, previous two years before last year, and he can't get above 200. It's, yeah. it's a lot to ask and you draft – in these high positions expecting uh, based on their card, you're going to be put in a hole really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's a wait and see approach for him. I mean, he does have really good players and, and just to get back to his, uh, I didn't, I don't think we touched base on the rest of his starting pitching, uh, but he does Madison Bumgarner, who's suddenly is Mr. No hitter over there. Uh, Aaron Nola, who's always pretty good. Um uh, Chris Paddock, uh, we're still kind of waiting for him to kind of develop into that uh, uh, starting, that ace starting pitcher for the uh, Padres. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT Brubaker, uh, who's been kind of uh, uh, been the, the the flavor of the month, so to speak, uh, as this is a, a, a an April monthly recap. And Brubaker, that was a guy we constantly kept talking about the last couple of weeks. Sean and I did. By the way, those wondering where Sean is, uh, he is uh, battling with that uh, COVID vaccine as a, it's whipping his ass. And uh, I had mine last week. Um, thank God we we don't go on su- on Saturdays because I was knocked the F out on Saturday. I did come back on Sunday, but my I was not uh, my usual self on Sunday morning uh, last weekend. So, uh, no, that this vaccine is no joke. So uh, hopefully he recovers from it just fine. Um, and then there's Dustin May, who we all know who Dustin May is. So, well, well Dustin May got injured last night. That's oh, right. That's the game with an elbow injury. So, yep, he's on the IL. Yeah, it's going to be a rough go. He has a lot of guys he's waiting on. Max Fried, I believe, is coming back next week. Uh, slated to start against the Nationals. Syndergaard, I think, is uh, slated for early June, late June, somewhere around there. Right, June fifteenth. Okay. So we'll see about that. Tommy John recovering from Tommy John surgery is a tricky proposition. Let's move on over to Jacob's team, your step back partner over there at the basketball life group. Uh, singles. That's a good thing. He limits his strikeouts, decent amount of steals. Good. I mean, because of the singles, uh, where was it? 
because of the singles, I'm, I'm assuming that that's why his batting average is so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent on base percentage. But then you look at this pitching staff. Uh, yeah, he's in trouble, man. The rest of his pitching staff is just nothing but ones, fives, and sixes. There's a couple of fours and a three. So let's take a look at why his team is so bad. Or not, you know, it's, yeah, I guess uh, it's mostly his pitching that's letting him down. So let's again, let's take a look at his pitching staff uh, once this thing loads up. But just oh, yeah. to, uh, go ahead. I, I whipped his ass last week in our uh, in our <laughs> matchup, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, love him, brother, but you know, measures had to be taken. Uh, did you also beat him in our fantasy basketball league as well? Uh, no. No. Playoffs? No. No. Okay. Alrighty, let's see if it's loading up now. It, there he is, Team Jacob, the Will Ponzi's great name. But uh, let's see. Well, I mean, when Brady Singer is the first name you see, that 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 to me is a problem. <laughs> uh, and it's the opposite of what James had. James had a lot of guys with a high strikeout per walk ratio. Uh, Jacob, his highest guy is uh, Yusmero Petit at three point six seven uh, walk. Uh, strikeout per walk ratio. Uh, even when you mentioned Rysel Iglesias was uh, terrible, at least Rysel Iglesias had a 13 strikeout per walk ratio. Uh, so, yeah, Jacob needs to find guys who will uh, strike out a lot more guys than than they walk. But um, what else can you tell me that you see here that is uh, causing Jacob headaches with his pitching staff? I, I just don't think he has enough quality starters. Yeah. Uh, that I mean... The bullpen looks a uh, little, little weak. He, he can get his holds. The saves are, you know, they come in bunches, as you know. But it, I don't. it's the lack of starting pitching that uh, I think is his downfall. Stroman has been outstanding this year. I don't know how long that's going to last. Right. And, and Zach Wheeler has been missing bats all year. But uh, Casey Myers has been uh, uh, really up and down. Taiwan Walker as well. It's just not enough consistency in that starting pitching that I can see that will, that will hold up. And, and he, he, I don't want to do this to him, but you mentioned it already with James. Uh, this is a lot of Mets fans in this group, and this might be a problem where the Mets homerism is getting the best of Jacob, where Taiwan Walker, I mean, th- this is unacceptable. 1.80 strikeout per walk ratio. I know he can come back and say, hey, you know, he's pitching 27 innings and getting me 27 strikeouts and the 1.26 whip is respectable and he doesn't give up a lot of home runs, but this should not be, this should not, you should not be depending on a guy like this. Um, I'm sorry. That's just in the, I think the only reason he has him on the team is because it's a Mets player. He's a Mets fan. Also my, my man, Jacob, come on. You have three reserve spots available to you. Go pick up some players. Let's go, man. This is unex, this is inexcusable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he can definitely uh, come back with, you know, a streaming option uh, every every week. So it, it's not like his team is completely out of it because, as you notice, his, his hitting lineup is rather uh, – so it's not yeah it's not a total loss. Yeah, I mean, there's some good things about his hitting lineup. Again, the, the percentages, the average and on bases of, he does a good job of controlling the strikeouts. Doesn't walk enough, but he strikeouts are very limited. Uh, steals bases. I mean, that's respectable number right there. Getting eight points for stolen base net, and uh, the singles are okay. But so let's take a look at his uh, hitting lineup really quick. And uh, yeah, Jorge Alfaro. I warned them. I warned them about Jorge Alfaro. They didn't listen to me. And uh, yeah, two twenty nine, two fifty on base. That's not gonna cut it. 
Uh, James McCann uh, doing a lot worse. Uh, I know defensively he's been getting high marks uh, just from people uh, who've been talking about him and how the pitching staff looks better with him behind the plate. But the hitting, uh, 217 average, 288 on-base percentage. Yeah, uh, that's not going to cut the cheese there. Um, who else do you uh, uh, notice here? Uh, go ahead. So I killed him on his starting pitching. I got to defend him on his catching situation. Alfaro, we, we know the numbers. Uh, projected that Marlins line to be in the middle. So you, you kind of go there, and it's really thin at the catching position. So I kind of see where he was going there. Mm-hmm. McCann, definitely a homer pick. I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, defensive catcher, you think he might drive in some runs in that lineup, but that Mets offense is absolutely cold. McNeil has not been what we expected. Uh, Manny Machado batting 240. Stalin Castro was just, you know, Stalin Castro's double play machine waiting to happen. The saving grace of this team has been Acuna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, that's why he kept him last year. Bryce Harper is also having a good season. Uh, 321 batting average. Uh, looking, looking like that contract is uh, living up to expectation. Jesse Winker also. Uh, I have him in my points league and, uh, uh, he's uh, paying dividends for me there, and he's paying dividends for uh, uh, Jacob here. Listen, the, the outfield was never the issue. Right. It's everything else. Like you mentioned, catching, Jeff McNeil getting off to a super slow start, despite the fact that uh, Sean has been singing his praises for his high contact rate. Uh, this is the issue when you get a high contact rate guy, is that even if they are able to put, uh, have been known to post a high batting average, they can – hit slow grounders to shorten second base. And that's what I'm assuming. That's what I'm thinking is happening here. I'm not going to break it down too much. Uh, but yeah, $1.86 on the batting average. That's way, way less than expected for a guy like Jeff McNeil. Manny Machado's off to a slow start, although the on-base percentage is pretty respectable. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, he's in trouble. Uh, and But yeah, he first of all, he needs to replace Jorge Alfaro anyway because he's on the injured list with the hamstring issue. Uh, he can, he does, uh, I was going to say he needs to cut someone, uh, so on his what, reserves, why, but so why are you, uh, putting the point at the, uh, cursor at bias? I mean, are you, are you saying something there? Wait, where, where is it? Oh, oh, oh no. It's just, that's just coincidental, but, right. uh, but I, I guess you can't really cut anyone here, but again, he has three reserve spots. They, he needs to go pick up some pitchers right now. Um, and give himself a chance to remember this is a semi-weekly league. So we change lineups on Mondays and Fridays, every Monday and Friday is a new matchup, right? So he needs to pick up three pitchers and, and actually try get someone on injured reserve, Jorge Alfaro. He has one more spot available and just start looking for working that waiver wire and, and maybe even make some trades. I mean, he has some nice depth, but you can only start so many players, right? I mean, Brandon right. Nimmo's on his bench at a 430 on base percentage so far this season. Yeah. And I don't even know who you would, take out uh, in that outfield or utility spot for, for Nemo. So it, it's kind of rough there. So you know, the Harper and the Acuna is you, you'll never, you'll never move. Yeah. And then Corey Dickerson, uh, maybe that's the piece you move, or maybe, maybe he, Brandon Nemo, he trades him to another Mets fan who will overpay for him. And, and maybe that's going to solve Jacob's problems. So, but he, Jacobs has to be willing to do that. Right. So we'll see. Um, Jacob, I thought, oh no, Jacob, yeah, finished bottom fourth as well last year too. So, uh, it's, it's just more of the same for him, I guess, unfortunately, I don't want to like attack the guy too much, but yeah, I won't let you do it. 
but it, it's he needs to give me something. He needs to give me something. Help me help you work with me here. Let's move on to Matthew Whelan, who uh, Sean and I, at the beginning of this, uh, after the draft, we thought that was easily the worst team in this league. Um, and he's been kind of creeping up the standings little by little. Let's take a quick look at his uh, his numbers there. Uh, he's tied with um, uh, Henry at 116 rotisserie points. Uh, let's see. Uh, offensively, you know, runs and singles are there. He's lacking a little bit on the power side right there. As you can see, doubles, triples, and home runs are not as high. RBI respectable. This, he limits his strikeouts. He actually leads the league in limiting strikeouts for his offense. And batting average and on-base percentage are really good for one Mr. Matthew Whelan of the, of the food life, Mr. Uh, our, our, one of our chefs here uh, in our groups. And then you get to his pitching staff. Mind you, this guy has Jacob DeGrom on his team. That was one of the things that we actually uh, admired about his team was that he had a pretty decent starting rotation. But as you can see here, Leon, it's not it's not really giving him results. It's a one-man show. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, let's go see why his pitching staff is so terrible. And it, it's just it's mind-boggling. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kyle Hendricks is, is That's uh, a problem. Uh, public enemy number one. Right there. Right there, and, and and you know, let never forget that Felipe warned you guys about Kyle Hendricks, and nobody listened to me. So I'm just the I'm just the guy who hates uh, low velocity pitchers, but it's starting to catch up to him. Hopefully, it's just a slow start to him because uh, the Cubs will look really bad with him being this bad as well. Although that might be more of a bigger issue with the Cubs than just pointing the finger at Kyle Hendricks. But I digress. Um, but yeah, when you got a Walker Bueller on your team and a Jacob DeGrom, you would think that those rate stats and all the other stats would just shoot all the way up. But you saw the standings. It doesn't matter if they're the rate stats or the counting stats. They're all way down. He has no closers. It's the opposite of James's team where James no, he, has too many saves okay. and uh, too many saves guys. This guy doesn't have enough saves guys. Go ahead. I mean, he barely has enough holds guys. Uh, I, I thought this has to be Jeez, this is the, one of the worst pitching staff I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, he's up there in holds, though. I mean, so he's holding his own on the holds. Um, he, he does oh, enough. I, I didn't, I didn't see Deakman. Okay. Yeah, Deakman's yeah. there. Sorry. Yeah, Deakman's on the team. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I said, this looked pretty uh, good. I mean, I know the Nelson Lamette is hurt, but, and Garrett Cro- Croquette is also hurt. But those guys are not going to uh, save this team, right? Like, he needs more. Um, yeah, he, he needs a lot more, but... He also needs guys to step up. You look at Tristan McKenzie, and he's been really struggling this year. Uh, Jacob Junis has been pretty decent this year for uh, that upstarted, that surprising Kansas City Royals staff. Yeah. But if this team is really about guys who really need to step up, the Turnbulls, the McKenzies, and especially Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, and that might be uh... – what solves all the issues for here. Uh, but still, like you said, guys need to step up. McKenzie, we, uh, we warned you guys about McKenzie at the beginning of, uh, what was it, March, mid-March, somewhere around there, uh, where we, as soon as he got called up, velocity went down all the way down, and it's looking like it's uh, streaming over to 2021 as well. Lucas Sims, who gets so much hype there, Leon, so much yeah. hype for a 579 ERA. Like, this is the era of parent to whenever Amir Garrett's going to mess up, Lucas Sims is just going to magically step in and take over. Um, and, and Larry is, uh, your friend Larry is uh, listening. This is why we don't trust the Reds, Larry, right here. Just when you think you can trust them, you get a guy like Lucas Sims who is just letting us down. 
letting poor Matthew down as well. So uh, no, he needs to work on his uh, thing. I mean, he has the holds down, but he needs he needs help everywhere else. And uh, again, just a matter of working the waiver wire and making a couple of trades here and there. Let's go to his offense really quick. Uh, unlike <laughs> the first two teams we saw, uh, Buster Posey has been uh, having a decent uh, bounce back year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Williams Astudillo, uh, well, yeah. Lim- remember, this team limits strikeouts, right? But when you limit strikeouts, you also get a <laughs> At least the batting average is high, but the 286 on base percentage is hurting my brain. It is. It's it's rough watching that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like Justin Turner. He's had a real nice season. I didn't think that was possible. Um, Fidugo has been surprisingly decent uh, uh, as well. Alec Bohm's starting to come on a bit. Oh, yeah. And, and Freddie Freeman has been really off to a slow start once you get Rizzo striking you out. Right. <laughs> well he's still walking more than he strikes out and he's getting on base percentage at 356 so all is not lost with freddie freeman i think it's just a matter of time but this is a time it's time for me to run my little uh victory lap i warned you guys about david fletcher oh but he's hitting 264 yeah well this is an on base league as well 281 that's unacceptable i'm sorry i warned you guys about david fletcher he's not to be trusted and he's right there cemented at the second base position when a perfectly good Luis Arias is uh, playing left field just to make room for David Fletcher. There, I said what I said. So <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be the reason why. Uh, my reasoning behind the, my hate towards David Fletcher is justified. Sean was wrong. I was right. Let's move on to the next team. <laughs> As uh, now we get Henry, uh, of uh, our fearless leader here of the Baseball Life Facebook group which uh, for those who are listening to audio only on the next day or a couple of days after uh, we do air live on Sunday mornings on at the baseball live Facebook group, come join us and join the conversation. Uh, Henry, uh, his offense is struggling and we're going to take a look at it really quick. Walks and strikeout ratios is pretty good, but he needs more than just walks and strikeouts. Uh, it dead last in stolen bases, dead last in on base percentage over to his pitching staff. Not too shabby. Uh, the wins, strikeouts. So, so the counting stats are there for Henry. And middle tier everywhere else. So let's see. Let's start with the hitting on this one. Uh, again, this is going to be a running theme for us, right, uh, Leon? It's the catching. Mm-hmm. Catching is going to be a problem for every team, right? It, it really is. It is so, it's not much you can do. Yeah. Uh, it's what, four, five catchers tops. And if <laughs> we were counting Gary Sanchez... It might have been six, but we we see where that's going. I, I uh, do, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll take a look at Henry's team here. I, I think he struggled when Rendon went on the IL. You lose a lot there. Yeah. And Lindor has really, really struggled for uh, someone of his caliber. And when you have those two guys struggling, the rest of your team has to step up. And you look at the back of those baseball cards – you know, you speaking Philip Evans, the Akil Badus, and Michael Brantley's. Uh, although Brantley's been pretty doing pretty well, you're asking a lot from these other guys to step up, and for Henry to be in the middle of the pack there, uh, hell, is a credit to him. Yeah, uh, and I think that's more of a testament to his pitching, kind of carrying him a little bit. But yeah, th- this is uh, we got some guys here um, who are kind of not having that big year. That we expect them to. Uh, again, Tommy LaStella. Uh, second base is also a running theme here. It seems like all the guys that everybody fell in love with 
the last couple of years are letting people down this year. The David Fletchers of the world, Jeff McNeil, Tommy Listella. Not saying that they're not going to be able to turn it around, and you're kind of committed to them at this point. But uh, that doesn't that this is this doesn't help matters is what I'm saying. Uh, who do you see on this team that can uh, pick up the stolen bases later on in the year? I do like Cedric Mullins at the top of yeah. that lineup. I, I mean, say he's that, been yeah. a real, real nice uh, uh, spot for Baltimore. And, you know, Baltimore, they hit. Uh, John Means is doing pretty well. Uh, I don't really see anyone else besides Mullins. I thought Lindor would run a bit more, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess I was wrong there. Yeah. Uh, Akil Badu, should he just drop him already, or is he? Is this? Is there something there? The center field. I mean, I. You see, the, the Tigers are, are 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 tricky. Yeah. You look at that big ballpark, and you think triples and stolen bases, and someone has to score runs in that lineup. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then every year they let you down. The, the, Curtis Granderson is not walking through that door anymore. So. No, those years uh, are gone. Not even yeah, Michael Young. Yeah. It. it I, I wouldn't cut him because I think there's still potential there. Yeah. But I wouldn't start him every week. Yeah, I think Cedric Mullins might be the 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 go to at this point, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know if what Cedric Mullins is uh deal going on right now. But if I'm him, if I'm Henry, I'm starting him. Let's see if okay, so recent trends. Past seven days, right? Mm-hmm. Uh look at this. Three fifty seven batting average, four oh six on base. Yeah, he got caught stolen. But yeah, you gotta take advantage of this hot streak right now. It's it's just Inexcusable, why? But do will be starting over Cedric Mullins, uh, at least in my opinion. So um, let's go move on to his pitching, and th- this is why he's pitching so good. Uh, Trevor yeah. Bauer at the very top, uh, Jack Flaherty kind of finding his uh, his rhythm. Sonny Gray is struggling, but uh, Sonny Gray had eleven strikeouts his last appearance, so I, I think he's going to turn it on. Okay, uh, I mean that that should only bode well for Henry, who is uh, as you as we saw. I mean the counting stats are there; it's the rate stats that are, that are letting him down a little bit. Uh, Carlos Rodon, I'm, I don't know if he had him when he hit the no hitter or when he had the no hitter, but uh, that helps a lot as well. But yeah, as you can see, uh, Will Smith saves that's pretty good. Holds, mm-hmm. I think he could do more with holds as well. I mean Giovanni Gallegos has been a godsend to him. Uh, the rest of it, it, it it just feels like it's lacking a lot of uh, depth when you see his reserves. I, I, I think his depth is in the on the injured list. You look at Britain, you look at Carrasco, those guys you know eat up innings and with a 90-win, projected 90-win team. Yeah. Uh, the hole is going to come from Britain. The, the strikeouts and the strikeout rates and the wins will, will come from Carrasco. So I, I think he'll – he's treading water now until, you know, they come back. And another guy, uh, Tanner Hawk, uh, who Sean and I were um, talking very admirably the last week or so and wondering why the hell the Red Sox just don't bring him up already. And uh, that's another uh, wild card piece that he can use. I know the whip is high, but we saw the peripherals. We saw – I mean, the, the strikeout per walk rate is ridiculously high, 12 he strikeouts twelve guys for every guy that he walks. Uh, you'll take that every single day. So I mean, yeah, you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that, and I, I think that's another uh, piece that is usable. Um, but uh, no, he has uh, he has his work cut off for him. So hopefully he, he'll start seeing improvements soon. Moving on quickly to the next team. Oh, it's Smoking Aces, who uh, you've been on a hot streak lately. Are you are you still on a three game winning streak, or did that end, or, or did I dream I that? Think it, 
I think it ended last week. Okay. Yeah, you got off to a slow start, but you've been tearing. Uh, you've been putting on a tear lately. So let's take a quick look. You are the eighth seeded team according to rotisserie points at 117. Uh, so then I, I don't know if this what this is all about, Leon. You're gonna explain it to me, but yeah, your offense yeah. is very low, and oh, yeah. uh, it, it, it's awful. But your pitching is is keeping you intact, except for your bullpen. You don't have saves, but you do have holds, which I'm not surprised because. You know, you talked about uh, being in a holds league beforehand, so this was a natural fit for you. So let's take a quick look at Smoking Aces. There's Max Scherzer's uh, Shiner. And uh, let's look at your offense first, and that's what's letting you down. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Tucker Barnhart. Are you happy with Tucker Barnhart? Well, I, it's better than having uh, – well, I picked him up because I had Yadier Molina uh, going on the IL. Then I picked up Severino. I had Kurt Suzuki. I had – so it's just a rotating, it's just revolving door catchers. Uh, I picked up Barnhart, figured he was batting at the time, 357. Uh, some batting in like the six, seven spot in that red lineup when they were red hot. So yeah. I figured I ride the wave and he cooled off considerably. Yeah, we talked about him uh, before on the show that he is not to be trusted, that that's a guy you just let him have a hot streak and let someone else deal with it. And I guess we let you deal with it. <laughs> Josh Bell, a dollar forty batting average. Maybe the Pirates are onto something. Maybe they knew what was going to happen. Or do you still have high hopes for your uh, your team there for Josh Bell? You're a Nationals uh, uh, fan. Uh, I do. He picked up uh, four RBIs this weekend at a home run at three R- bases clearing double. Actually, four RBIs yesterday. Home run on uh, Friday, I think. Okay. So. He, he started off the season on the COVID list. So I think he's starting to pick up his groove now. Uh, and, you know, you, I got Ozuna and Blackman just totally stinking it up. Simeon, uh, it, it's just god awful. Uh, and then you got Jose Altuve, who was <laughs> – was, well, I'm sorry, that was Alex Bregman, right? He was the Astros representative for the yeah. group photo. Yeah, for some reason, I think it was because he was kneeling down that I thought that was maybe <laughs> Jose Altuve. Because he looked kind of short on in that picture, so yeah. Uh, but uh, are, are you happy with Jose Altuve at second base so far? And and let's put it in perspective here, guys. So far, this might be the best second baseman we've covered uh, in this uh, in this episode so far. Would you agree? Uh, I think so. But he also yeah. missed two weeks with COVID, so I kind of I kind of uh, missed out there because I had to put Eduardo Escobar, who for so like he was leading the league in home runs at one point. <laughs> I, I didn't. Ex- I did not see that coming. Um. Well, he he's been known to get into hot streaks, so uh, I'm not surprised, and I'm not surprised that he kind of came down to earth a little bit. Uh. But uh, yeah, man, what do you expect, Jose Altuve? He cheats uh, to hit, and he probably cheated <laughs> mandated protocols and stuff in Texas. So, uh, Josh Donaldson. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a solid rock for you, but that's when he's healthy. So. Yeah. Uh, who's your backup there in case he gets hurt again? Well, we went through a revolving door. I can put Escobar at third, or I put uh, I picked up Mikel Franco, who was on a hot streak. So my lineup is more or less guys who are hot at the time because yeah. my pitching is the rock. Uh, uh, I always went with the theory of, you know, you can only start one lineup, mm-hmm. and the numbers will come regardless based on the week. Yeah. 
so I, I just put a hot lineup out there, and the pitching I figured would just remain solid, consistent, which to the to the for the most part it has. All right, let's move on to, and I made it a little bit bigger for everybody to see. I didn't realize that it was still blurry, um, but uh, for for those people using their phones, even when you flip it over, ah, yeah, that's much better. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Tim LaCastro was hurt. Uh, is he back now? Uh, he's supposed to be coming back on Tuesday. Okay, uh, so so they say. Victor Robles, you warned me. Yeah, he's been god awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I still had a little bit of hope, and there he is. A little bit of hope left. I mean, three forty two on base percentage is nothing to sneeze at. Um, but yeah, the stolen bases uh, for a guy who's supposed to be fast, it's I would expect better from him. I know I I drafted him in my points league just because of the upside, and I immediately cut him because of I just didn't have enough room to keep waiting for him to kind of break out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's yeah, but I still have hope. I know Sean doesn't believe in him. Like Sean's very anti Victor Robles. So, um, but uh, you're 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 doing what I would do if I had the room for him and just keep him on your bench and see if he'll flourish. I mean, he's still young; he's only 23 years old. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, Yadi, uh, that's hurting your catching situation. I think you might have mentioned that already. And Cody Bellinger, that's also hurting your offense. Uh, as uh, yeah, he's just uh, been everything's just been hurting him lately. And then let's quickly move to your pitching staff. I mean, you got Shane Beaver, uh, Kyle Gibson coming on strong this year, Tyler Glass now. So you're starting, I think we mentioned it already. Your starting pitching is pretty damn good. Your holds are up. But what are you going to do about saves there, Leon? So this is what I was mentioning this morning. Uh, this is, I made the pickup of Ian Kennedy, six for six uh, for Texas. Yeah. It's all about opportunities. He's picking up the opportunities now for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Stalmont, I he picked up three saves last week when he was on the bench. Okay, uh, they never designated a closer out in KC until now, so uh, he's going to need opportunities there. And I picked up Jimmy Garcia uh, the week he had three saves, so he didn't pick up a save for me yet. But you look at the numbers; uh, you just go based on guys who will get the opportunities. Like I said, you got four or five elite closers, and then you can just pick up guys later on. Kennedy, Stalmont, Garcia, those are the guys picking up the opportunities now. So strike while the iron's hot. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next team, which is a uh, big thing in energy. That's uh, Andrew O'Sullivan's squad. Uh, let's see. How's he doing so far? Uh, okay. So offensively, it's pretty respectable. Yeah, he, ha- he leads the league in home runs. Uh, he doesn't walk enough, strikes out too much. Stolen basis is pretty respectable. Average is good. The on-base is low. Now I go to the pitching, if uh, my computer would just cooperate with me a little bit here. Pitching has been disappointing for him. Uh, The saves are there. Not much of anything else. So let's take a quick look at his pitching staff. Uh, And Luis Castillo, culprit number one. Yep, there you go. Jesus Lazardo, not living up to his prospect pedigree. That's number two. Uh, anything else you see there, Leon? Uh, I mean, that that's really the main two guys. Everyone else has been uh, really picking up the slack. Mike Miner, I'm, I'm, ugh. you know, 526 ERA. It's it's a lot to ask from him. But John Means has been good. Pineda, you, you know what you get from him. And, and Blake Snell, you're very competent five-inning, six-inning pitcher. So quality starts are usually there. Just uh, wanted to share a comment that uh, Matt from our buddy Matt Bushnell. You mentioned him already at the Audible. Uh, he just got. I mean, he had a busy month doing the NFL draft, 
And he just came by to say that Kyle Hendricks sucks ass. So, um, yeah, well, he has another arm he has to worry about there in Chicago. So, uh, <laughs> he'll be all right. Uh, let's, uh, move on to the offense very quickly. Um, I mean, what, any name that shows up that kind of sticks out for you there, Leon, as I scroll uh, down? Wilson Ramos had a hot start. He came back down to earth. Matt Olson has been, you know, Matt Olson. So he's, and he's hurt with an eye injury. So I have him in my points league, and I'm I'm kind of panicking. Uh, you don't want your, one of your hitters, especially a power hitter like that, with an eye injury. So hopefully it's not too severe because in my points league, I'm running out of room. I don't have any more room. I don't have anyone to cut. I don't have – and and yeah, it's just – I'm in trouble if he's hurt for a long time. Um, what about Nolan Arenado, everybody's favorite third baseman um, with the pedestrian numbers? Uh, well, you know, we know our good friend from Donk City has a uh, has some words for that. <laughs> he, would have, he would be, I told you so. I know Melvin posted, like, I, <laughs> Melvin acts like, he, like Nolan Arenado owes him money or something because he's been very <laughs> active on that uh, uh, anti-Nolan Arenado train. Um, uh, Bo Bichette, I feel like he's having a better year than he is, but at 312 on base percentage, that's kind of disappointing uh, for him. Well, he swings and, you know, you won't walk, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as mentioned, uh, Andrew's team is dead last, I think, in walks uh, for offenses, so not surprising there. Um, go ahead. Framil Reyes, uh, your... Uh namesake parody team yep i mean he's been hitting ball to country mile and, and that average it's much higher than i thought it would be for him so yeah he, he got a pretty good season paul de young he hits homers and bunches ah, the, the offense is so hit or miss as it is the entire season just going around baseball it's it's, it's a lot to ask for for him all right, let's move on to a Jets team really quick from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, he's a big Brewers fan. He just defeated my team uh, this past uh, period. And let's take a look at his team. So offensively, off to a good start, gets the singles and triples. So that tells me that he has a lot of speed, guys, with the singles and triples. Uh, stolen base net, yep. So a lot of speed on that on that diamond for Jets team. Um respectable walks per strikeout ratio for his hitters. Let's look at look. Now let's move on to the uh, pitching staff and yeah, starters looks like they've been letting him down a little bit with the lack of wins and strikeouts and quality starts bullpen is where it's at for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, and the, the rate stats are, that just tells me that he has a pretty decent bullpen. So let's take a quick look at his offense first. Uh, this, this is the worst logo in the league, by the way, for jets. Oh, by by a mile by a country mile all right so we mentioned the speed right i mean there's uh christian vasquez i mean when you get a catcher with a three uh stolen base net that means he he has uh stolen base net is is basically stolen base minus caught stealing so he's at at plus three right now yeah that's gonna do you wonders for now i mean having fernando tatis who's just a stat a stat patter uh for lack of a better term i can't think of a better uh he's a very versatile statistic uh, status, uh statistically sound no. player no no don't don't start the stat padding uh, i know i i, I was again. mindful i was mindful I, 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 you know i know i know from your uh, a little bit of a callback to one of your la- previous episodes at this on the stat back podcast over at basketball <laughs> life um i don't know what, what else do you see on this offense uh what can he do better here i mean 
he's sacrificing power for speed. And there is, I guess I'll ask you, is there such a thing as too much speed? I mean, it is when it's, that's all you do. I mean, cause you still have all these other categories to keep track of. I mean, well, let's look at the standings one more time and just double check. And, and yeah, uh, bottom of the, of the, uh, bottom of the standings in terms of home runs, RBI doubles, there's no power here. There really isn't. So in this regard, yeah, there is too much speed. So yeah, it's cool that you, you corner the market in speed, but he's also off to a very slow start. I mean, this, the, the rotisserie standings show that he should be better than he is, but we'll get to the other, the regular standings. I mean, we'll get to the standings right now and, and take a look at the, at the win-loss standings because this is a, a win-loss league at the end of the day. I just want, it's just a cool way to see how teams are doing in terms of statistics. And there he is. Uh, he's two and six. Dead last. He's not making the playoffs if the season were to end today. So what does what the rotisserie standings show is that yeah, he's uh doing well because uh he has enough speed to get by and the bullpen. I mean it on the flip side, he put too much emphasis on the bullpen, not enough emphasis on the starting rotation. And we're gonna get to see that in just a bit. That's my prediction. That's what my hypothesis is on his team. Mm-hmm. But can it be too much speed? Yeah, because if you're not keeping track of everything else, then then what's the point? You're not doing – and again, this is a win-loss league, not a rotisserie league. So uh, it might work in rotisserie leagues only, but in this league, it's not working. I mean, it's two and six. Yeah. I mean, you can always – if you corner a market, like you say, you can always trade for what you need. But it's a lot of speed just to be in, in, in the last place where it had to head league. Well, let's talk about that, Leon. I mean, there's not been a lot of trades. I think the only trade has been done by the commissioners. I don't think there was any trades, any big trades done last year either. Uh, maybe Aaron pulled some trades off. I don't remember. Um, but um, do you see this league getting any trades anytime soon? Because uh, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty bare. It's been a pretty bare uh, trade market so far since the since we switched over to fan tracks and expanded the rosters and and uh, did all these things to uh, help owners uh get by a semi-weekly 162 game season what are what are your thoughts on the trade market here uh well i i think one a lot of big names are really struggling the stance on to come around a bit judge starting to come around a bit so you don't really see big names traded uh you're not going to trade an injured guy like a bellinger or, or rendon was hurt last week so this guy just waiting it out I, I don't see a lot of trades happening. And with the constant streaming of starting pitches and what, what the free agent market has provided for guys who can just go week to week, if it was a daily league, mm-hmm. I might see more trades. But considering you can only start one lineup uh, every, you know, semi-weekly, yep. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see a lot of moves being made. I, I see a lot of patience. Yeah, and... It, uh... And I think maybe COVID had something to do with it last year as well. Maybe that's why we don't see a lot of trades. Maybe people are having a wait-and-see approach. Um, but, uh, I mean, we'll see if anybody actually takes advantage of their, uh, what do you call it, of their strengths and right. try to bolster their their weaknesses. I mean, this is a good example right here. Trade away your, your speed for some power. Will anybody bite? Only a matter of time to double – only a matter of time to see if that actually comes to fruition. Um, the starting pitching, Corbin Burns has been the goods – uh, Ian Anderson has been okay. John Gray. <laughs> I had John Gray last year, and man, <laughs> it's just 
it's just disappointing to see what he has become. I mean, he's having a decent season, but he's still a Rockies pitcher. Yeah, for um, a guy who throws 99, uh, 97 to 99, to have that K rate is just awful. Well, I think his velocity is down from what I, oh, from really? what I remember. I think so. I mean, I think it was down last year. I had him last year, and he wasn't impressive at all, even on the road. He just wasn't impressive at all. And I think it's because the velocity has just been dipping. I mean, he is getting older. Remember, this is the guy who was drafted the same year as Chris Bryant. So maybe that draft class is just – maybe they took some radioactive juice that is wearing off. I don't know. It's coming yeah, up with it, a narrative. Yeah, but this team needs some starting pitching. I need some speed. I think we got to I think we got to work out a trade. Oh, boy. All right, you hear that, Jet? Work out a trade with Leon. Uh, but there's the, the saves that we talked about. There's the holes that we talked about. A.J. Minter. Yeah, he blows two saves, but uh, negative two on the net saves. But uh, he gets the holes to kind of make up for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Alex Colome sucks. Tyler <laughs> Duffy sucks. Uh, Brent Suter has been up and down. And Chris Bassett, I can't believe. I can't believe what's going on with the A's with Chris Bassett as your uh, ace pitcher. By the way, another one. Three reserve spots that he hasn't used yet, Leon. What's going on? Am I, do people not know about this? <laughs> That's the second one already. Uh well, you, you did mention we switched to fan. How long have we switched to fan tracks? Uh, 2019. 2019. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, last year. Last year was our first year. And then COVID struck, and uh, that kind of delayed our season. Hell, it took me about a month and a half, two months to figure out this. So it's a learning curve. I, I'm not going to lie. You're trying to figure out roster spots and IRs and minor <laughs> league spots. Uh, you're streaming guys. So it's, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, well, I mean, we listen. There's a method to my madness, right, Leon? Let me get my soapbox really quick as before we move on to my team and as we uh, get to the top five. Looks like, yep, top five. Uh, everybody brags that they that their baseball knowledge is better than everybody else's, and uh, this is a very smart Facebook group that we got going here. You know, you're 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 one of the uh, originators of this group. You're one of the more active members of this group. Everybody talks a big game. This is my way of saying, all right, well, let's. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Let's see how much you know. And Literally. yeah, we and some of this knowledge does translate. And as you've seen so far, some of the knowledge does not translate, or some of that knowledge uh, uh, it, it does not streamline well when it gets to the point where you are asked to do the day to day management of your team. Like you expect these high um, these high standards of your of your favorite team's general manager, but when it's your turn to do it. Notice that all the excuses come up, right? I'm not, and I understand, Leon. It, it, Fantrax is a, is a pain in the ass to deal with. But the reason why Sean and I picked Fantrax is, is because we they offered it for free last year. And number two, it as commissioners, it offers so much variety and uh, so much so much tools, uh, so much customization. And I think that's also part of it. It's like this league is so highly customizable that it is not your um, typical fantasy baseball league, right? It's not your typical ESPN league where the rules are already set for everybody to follow and not a lot of customization happens. Uh, same thing with Yahoo and then all these other leagues, all, all these other websites. So that's why this is the method to the madness. And it's like, all right, well, and it's also the reason I went 11 by 11 in terms of statistical categories is so we're not just depending on guys winning cheaply. Like I'm going to punt starting pitcher because I think I'm going to just get a bunch of relievers and take advantage of all the rate stats, which is something that Jet looks like he's trying to do here. Well, there's a results. You're two and six because you, your starting rotation sucks, right? Sure, you have all the rate stats because of your, of your bullpen, 
but you still need to get those counting stats as well from your starting rotation, and you need to get to 12 innings minimum pitch. So it's a, it's a balance. Like, yeah, the best team is should be the well the most balanced team, and that should be a, the representation of our league at the end of the year, right? When in terms of playoffs and in terms of championships. So this is why I do it because it, it, it's a challenging league because 12 people accepted that challenge. So I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear that this. I mean. You're the exception because you're new. For everybody else, you already had a, a one-year head start. And Leon already got – he pretty much has gotten used to some of the features already. And, and you just said, what, a month? It's – I mean, it, it's a lot. But, you know, it, it – I get it. I get it. But everybody ha- has had a one-year head start over you. It's a steep learning curve, but everybody else has a one-year head start. That's the way I see it. I mean, I don't want to hear excuses, you know. I mean, this is your league. You paid for the league. You all accepted the rules. You all agreed to them. I want to see you try. Like, there should not be, like, it's one thing that you're trying and your team still sucks. I feel for you. But if if your team sucks and you have three reserve spots that you haven't used up yet or you have five minor league slots that you haven't used up yet, I have no pity for you. I don't give a shit that the league is too complicated. I don't give a shit that you think that the league is too hard on you and it's not user-friendly. Tough titty. Everybody else has figured it out. So uh, that's the way I see it, right? Because, you know, when I – and also see it from where I'm sitting here, Leon. I'm about to talk about my team, all right? I'm about to say all the problems that I – that we talked about it at the beginning – at the very beginning when you and I got uh, hopped on on the, on the Zoom call. I'm about to talk about why my team has suddenly gone on a four-game losing streak. And everybody's going to tell me the same shit. Oh, Felipe's just making excuses. No, I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck the problem is, right? I got off to a 4-0 start. Why the hell am I 0-4 in the last four games? I'm looking for solutions. Like I mentioned that last year. And I'm trying. If if uh, if I if I if, if there's a way to keep track of the transactions, I'm pretty sure I'm at the top of the list of transactions. And it still hasn't resulted in, in victories in the last uh, four periods. But at least I'm trying. I'm not just letting my team sit and, and um, hope for the best and Maybe some of these crappy players will turn around. No, I'm trying. I'm, I'm really, you know, doing the research, doing what I have to do to turn the ship around, and the results aren't there. So let's get to it. Fernando yeah, Muertes, yeah, my yeah. fantasy team. Uh, uh, do you have any response to every, uh, my little spiel there, my little soapbox? I I tend to go on before I move on. Nope. All right, all right. Well, I appreciate you letting me be on my soapbox. As I've been on my chest for a while, um, I tend to get on my soapbox every once in a while, and it sounds preachy, but there's a method to all of this. Offensively, pretty respectable. Uh, RBI walks are pretty good. The stolen bases always makes me laugh because I, if you've been listening to this podcast, I really don't go out of my way to pick up stolen base guys, uh, speed guys. And the fact that I'm getting nine rotisserie points for that is pretty respectable and pretty comical to me. Uh, and then you get to the pitching staff, and the pitching's been kind of letting me down lately. Lucas Giolito getting torched against the Red Sox last week. Andrew Haney getting torched against, against the Mariners, I think against Aaron's yeah. team. So it's like, I can't win. It's like, you know, I, I, I <laughs> it's like, no matter who I put out there, they're just going to let me down. And uh, yeah, uh, this has been subpar, a lot more subpar than I had uh, ever imagined. And let's see if my team is up and running. Let's start with the starting rotation because that seems to be the big problem. And there it is. Lucas Giolito with a five, six, eight ERA. Uh, this is one of these, this guy was a top 10 starting pitcher to finish the year last year, I think. Uh Looks like you need to talk to Smoke and Aces too. I'm sorry, what was that? Looks like you need to talk to Smoke and Aces too. I got. Oh. <laughs> well, I picked up Sean Manea 
Joe Musgrove has been a godsend. He's also pitched a no-hitter this year. Uh, Liam Hendricks uh, is looking like he's finally getting turning things around, despite the fact that he has two blown saves. So that's that's not going to cut it. Uh, the holds is a weakness of mine. I thought I had enough guys who can put up holds, but Taylor Rogers has also been put on save duty. Emmanuel Classe unexpectedly got called to be the closer. So yep. he has zero on the holds. Andrew Haney, I talked about how he got torched. Uh, so yeah, it, it's there's some hope at the end of the, uh, there's some light at the end of the tunnel here. But uh, as you can see, Drew Pomerantz has been um, not very not been consistent enough. Like this three strikeout per walk ratio, I think I remember it last year being much higher than that. You were gonna yeah. say something there. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you would think for a lefty he would get more opportunities, but uh, it hasn't been the case. I mean, we saw Mark Melanson getting the saves, right? Yeah. So you would think the holds for Drew Pomerantz would just go through the go through the roof, and I mean I guess four holds is pretty damn good. But again, this is a pretty high whip for a, a guy of his of his status. He's supposed to be one of the best middle relievers in baseball, and three eleven on base percentage is it's just too scary of a proposition for me to put out there on a regular basis, and that's why he's on my bench. Uh, but I, I do have go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say uh, I also think the three batter rule really doesn't help you at all you think uh, so? as far as your whip yeah you know if he's out there for one totally out there for one lefty and he's facing two righties or hmm. uh, uh righties sandwich in between two lefties that, that whip would definitely suffer well i i see i see let me double just check something is taylor taylor rogers I, I always think he's left-handed but is he left-handed i don't even know anymore do you know if i know i know you have no someone has his brother i think uh, i think i'm yeah i think trevor rogers right Trevor Rogers is left-handed. Um, I just no. I think Taylor Rogers is left-handed as well. And yeah, he 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 got into a a, a pretty raucous uh, period for a while. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, look, eleven strikeout per walk ratio, three holds, has saved, zero ERA, a WHIP below one. I mean, he's left-handed too, and there's no there's no uh, excuse there. I mean, he's just putting up results. Drew Pomerantz was putting up results last year too. And I just confirm I'm seeing a picture of him. He is throwing left-handed. So that's what I thought. I just couldn't remember. Uh, so he's not being affected by the, the three hitter rule. And uh, that, and that's all I care. I, I don't care about excuses. I want results. Taylor Rogers has results. Drew Pomerantz doesn't. So that's, that's just, that's how I'm going to mark it down as um, quickly moving to the hitters. Uh, Sean Murphy. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, uh, and uh, he's been doing a lot better than Gary Sanchez. So by default, he just looks so much better. Uh, Dalton Barsho finally got called up, but he's only uh, relegated to part-time duty. So no, that's not going to cut it. I, we talked about at the beginning of the sh- uh, at the beginning of the uh, before we got on the air. You and I privately talked about Vladimir Guerrero just torching your Nationals right for three home runs and seven RBI, yep. I believe. And I still lost the Jets team anyway. It, didn't, it wasn't enough. Yeah, balls haven't landed. Uh, that's why I have a jersey on uh, for, his, <laughs> for his pop. So, you know, got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that when you see uh, – well, I guess it doesn't matter, right? Because I always think the Blue Jays are somehow connected to the Expos. But, no, the only connection is that they were playing in the same country. So, never mind. But, uh, I mean, you were an Expos fan. You probably saw Vladimir Guerrero numerous times. I mean, how does that feel to see his son come back 20 years later and torture your team? I mean, it, it, it's bittersweet. Yeah, right. Uh, 
you know, I, I also think uh, with them playing in Tampa, if the aerodynamics of the ball is just never landing, it, it's rather outstanding. I, I like the way uh, StatCast can't really track the ball once it you know goes into the uh, school parking lot. But yeah, <laughs> if it was a definition of country mile, Vlad Guerrero last week and Springer, that Jays team definitely proves it. But uh, he, he slimmed down. He looks good. Yeah. That's what I was uh, banking on. Yeah. 349. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, finally, up with the potential. I mean, he, he cut the strikeouts down considerably, and now he's getting intentionally walked. So, yeah, he's walking more than striking out this year. So, he's not the problem. I know there was a stretch where he struggled, but he's not the problem. Uh, Nick Salek has been a godsend at second base. Uh, Rafael Devers, he's finally turning things around. Glavar Torres is just, since last year, he's just been awful. I don't know what the hell the problem is. Um, I really don't, but I don't have anybody better at shortstop. I'm running out of space, so he's just gonna have to figure it out, and that might be affecting my team negatively. Yeah, uh, Anthony Rizzo, he's. I know that this doesn't impress anybody, but I know that he's been turning it on lately. The last couple of periods or so, the last few periods or so, I know that these numbers have been uh, video game like in the last three games I played. So I'm not too worried about Rizzo, another guy who walks more than he strikes out. Uh, and this is desperation time. Nick Matten or Matone, I don't know what his name is. Um, scrappy middle infielder is now in my starting lineup just out of mere desperation. Usually a guy I don't pick up ever, but that's how desperate I am. This guy swings at too many pitches, uh, has a ridiculously high strikeout rate, and doesn't walk a lot. I don't care. He's putting results now, so I'm going to see if I can get that hot streak going. I'm putting on Austin Hayes, even though he's been slumping, but the last couple yeah. of weeks he's been doing pretty well. Uh, Luis Robert, um, thank you, Sean, for trading him to me, but he, I still don't trust him all the way. But right now, I don't have anyone better than Luis Robert. Do you, would you trust Luis Robert on a weekly basis if he were on your team? I'm trusting Charlie Blackman right now, so I got, I got no choice. <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh, Max Muncie with the low batting average, but the high uh, on base. Although lately, the last couple of periods, I've seen numbers like uh, you know, 83, 85, 111, 112 batting average so yeah he's killing me too as well and i'm just again i'm, I'm running out of options here so gary sanchez there he is um let's see 324 Ooh. on base what's the other guy sean murphy also with a 324 on base but he has hey. a sean murphy has a 206 batting average compared to gary sanchez a dollar 80 so if sean is listening he can go ahead and run another victory lap for himself so so this is where this is where i get to defend my defend my man you start out the show trashing Jorge Alfaro and look what you're starting out here right now yeah and yeah oh, and I'll, I still take the, all of my catches over Jorge Alfaro any day oh my god mm. stop lying to yourself no I I, I I I just don't like him I don't like him at all I I would it, it especially where Jacob drafted him so early I mean and that might be a reason why Jacob's struggling so much is because he reached for Jorge Alfaro when he could have gotten a better catcher later and he could have gotten a better player overall uh where he picked them up early in the draft. But that's just me. By the way, right. speaking of your man, Leon's jersey is fire, says Jacob Moses. So it, it, it. you can't deny it. Uh, it's a really good jersey. Thank you. Uh, Larry says that James is going to finish dead last, uh, and there's no hope for him this time. And he also calls out Jacob as well. Jacob, if he doesn't make a big trade, he too will stay at the bottom of the standing. So you guys got some work to do, you Mets fans, you crazy-ass Mets fans. Uh, and then there's my guy, Juan Soto. Uh, I, I told you at the beginning, I think last night, I didn't realize how much Juan Soto 
because I went a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks without him last year, too. And I was able to stay above water. I didn't realize how much Juan Soto was hiding so many deficiencies on my team. So please yeah. get back soon, Mr. Juan Soto. Yeah, we, we both need you. Yeah. How, how's how's the Nationals doing without Juan Soto? Oh, well, the Nationals actually uh, top three in batting average for the uh, for the season. Yeah. But they lack the ability to hit and with runners in scoring position. They mm-hmm. it, it, it lacks that punch. They're using Yadiel Hernandez, who's been a godsend, uh, 33-year-old minor leaguer, batting in the three spot. Josh Bell starting to come on a bit. Schwarber yeah. hit a moonshot walk-off. So, As he always does, yeah. Yeah, but Trey Turner is the uh, cream of the crop. Uh, Jacob defending himself about the Jorge Afro pick. I had to, I had no choice. I had to pick him up because all the good catchers were running out. But who's to say Jorge Afro is a good catcher? But I'm bum. So oh, that's my God. rebuttal to that. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Molina Applebaum, who uh, last year, I forgot what his name like. I think it's something to do with uh, Yadier Molina is the best catcher ever. And he ended up being in dead last and missed. Did not win the uh, the the first pick overall lottery. Just like he kind of in our basketball league, he was also the worst uh, team in our league, and he missed out on the first pick overall in our basketball league as well because his team was so atrocious. So now he'll be picking fourth, I believe, if I remember correctly. But Leon, if all things yep. if all things go according to plan, my friend, we're gonna be talking about our fantasy basketball league uh, Friday, I hope, and and kind of break yep. down these teams a little, like kind of what how we're doing it here. As uh, we put a nice little bow, you and I are scrapping for that championship title. Everything's looking good your way, but there's still yep. a fighting chance for my team. How, how are you sitting on a Sunday morning about your team's chances of locking this up in the basketball league? Uh, I'm looking pretty damn good. I, I, mm-hmm. I got, my, uh, got my crown ready. Got <laughs> to find some space up here for the uh, banner yeah. going from worst to first. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Were you were you last in last place last year? I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. I, I didn't I didn't draft a team. I had my app didn't work. It was god awful. I oh that's I made right. The, yeah, I made a dedication to put everyone on notice, and so far it's, yeah, it's coming nice, to fruition. That is a good story. Good job. Congratulations if if it comes true. Um, it's not, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. But yeah, my team is just. We'll talk about it on Friday. Uh. I'll make up more excuses as to why I lost on Friday. So good. whatever. Yeah. Very good. I'll, I'll, I'll be right here to, I'll be here to hear them. I'll write them down in my book here. And uh, I, for those who can't see, I put air quotes when I said excuses, like, no, I I'm losing fair and square. I mean, nothing I could do, nothing I could do about it. Just uh, again, good process, poor results. Uh, so let's go Molina. Who's been uh, getting very good results uh, compared to last year. Uh, still a bit of a Homer, as you'll see, still uh, gets too many Cardinals on his team, but I, I think that's a name change, right? He he, the little yeah. uh, homage to uh, a try call quest. I think that's doing yeah. wonders for him. Let's take a quick look. Offensively, yeah, this this is this is pretty damn good. Um, yeah. Stolen leads the league in stolen bases. Leads the league, uh, is up there in RBI and home runs. So they got that power speed combination going. So see if Jet could be more like that, Jet might be at the top of the standings, right? Right. <laughs> so uh the rate stats on offense uh, is pretty darn low so that's a minor concern but if he's getting all the counting stats it shouldn't matter too much starting pitching quality starts up up at the top of the leaderboard wins and strikeouts are healthy strikeouts for walker healthy uh bullpen can use a little bit of help and uh but the rate stats are are respectable so let's take a look at um let's take a look at this bullpen see how bad it is 
and there's Rafael Montero. Well, yeah. Well, we- <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> but I mean, Chapman, nine set, nine innings, 22 strikeouts. Yeah, that's wow. Oh, that's going to be God. a healthy. Those are some healthy rate stats coming from uh, Aroldis Chapman. Uh, why Jake Arrieta is on his team, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's pitched pretty well the last couple of uh, starts, I believe. I, I want to say he has. But Garrett Coles has been carrying this team, right? Yeah. It's the Garrett Coles show. Uh, Zach Gelflin has come on his own. Uh, that's another one that you can uh, – where Sean, if he's listening, he can run his little victory lap. He's like he, He's been kind of hyping him up all offseason long. You Darvish. Uh, well, and then there's Corey Kluver. So <laughs> they all can be winners. Uh, Wang Yun Kim. Yeah, did, I was going to get you. Did you see that coming? I was very reluctantly optimistic about him, but it's the Cardinals, so I don't trust what they do in terms of their pitching. There's, like, you look at the Cardinals' rotation and their bullpen, and on paper it looks impressive. And then when they go out there, they, I mean, the Cardinals, like I mentioned the offseason, they are the class of that division the last two or three years, and it just doesn't translate. Like, they, they still struggle to make the playoffs. They still let the Brewers in, who are very one-dimensional. They let the Cubs in, who are... I don't know what the hell the Cubs issue is at this point. Just when you think you have the Cubs figured out, they just pfft, wet the bed. And they somehow compete. I don't know how. Probably because the rest of the division is so bad. And who's... The, uh, the Reds. The Reds always look good on paper, too. And 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 we just talked about the Reds being so bad with some of their players already. Lucas Sims comes to mind, right? The Reds thought we put up a fight. Yes. Literally, they'll put up a fight because Garrett likes to get into fights. And now, oh, oh, wait, I'm thinking about the Phillies. But but no, they did get into a fight, right? The Javier Baez and Amir Garrett yeah. got into a fight. So, okay. Uh, but uh, Kim, when I looked at the projections, projections, and when you're looking at the projections and you're getting to pitcher number, uh, what would you say, number 150, 170, maybe earlier than maybe 120, and he looks pretty damn good. He really does. Because... Compared to everybody else around him in the rankings, he looks pretty dependable. But he looks a little bit too dependable, right? He's yeah. 32 years old. We're in a keeper league, so I I, I just made sure not to uh, pay him too much. But, yeah, he was a guy that I was like kind of reluctantly being optimistic about. And so far, I mean, this is pretty good. This will play the 16 yeah. strikeouts against one walk. The low ERA. Whip is a little high, but he's not giving up home runs, which is pretty good. Um so, yeah, that's a solid starting pitcher that uh, Mike uh, out of Eastern Washington, big Cardinals fan, can just utilize whenever he feels like it. And then you got Carlos Martinez. Yeah. Low whip, high ERA. What do you think about Carlos Martinez at this point of his career? This is one of the most Jekyll and Hyde pitchers I've ever seen in my life. Great analogy. Um, you know, I, I think he suffered from the constant – uh, switching, starting, bullpen, closer. I don't think he, he never got ever able to settle into a role. I, I think he's much better as a closer than he is as a starting pitcher. But, you know, it, you always go on potential, and that's what Carlos Martinez has. And in fantasy, potential plays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's still at the age of 29. Uh, he's still a very intriguing player. I don't want to use the word prospect, but yeah, he's still an intriguing pitcher, whether he's coming out of the bullpen or uh, taking the bump every five days. But man, uh, it's just painful to watch because it is the promise was there from the get go. And it's just, he hasn't been able to put it together quickly moving on to the hitters. Uh, 
Jacob Stallings, a 377 on base percentage, which seems to be the thing that he does post a really high on base percentage, not much of anything else. Whit Merrifield at, at 315 on base. Yes, the stolen bases are there, but Jesus, man, that's that would explain why his on base per, uh, his team's on base percentage is so low. What else do you see on this team that's kind of uh, I don't know, that's kind of uh, catches your eye here? Well, Merrifield, you you'll live with the on base percentage only because his you obviously the stolen bases, but look how many positions he play. You can move him around anywhere, so he's not gonna really. Yeah, he's not going to affect you, but Kevin Biggio. Yeah, uh, it's another one. Victory lap time for me now. I warned, I warned Sean. Like, I think you're rank, you're 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 ranking Kevin Biggio a little bit too high so far. Every single second baseman that Sean Flannery has been high on so far in the offseason, they're off to a very slow start. And now it's my turn to run a couple of victory laps for myself because I tried to warn him and he didn't listen to me. I think so far Nick Magical has been the only good one. Right. Of, of of the uh, of the scrappy slappy second baseman that he loves so much, and even he just puts up empty. Ca- we we talk about Nick Magical every week, so you guys know my feelings yeah. about Nick Magical. Love the upside, but he needs to start connecting and and putting that ball, hitting that ball with authority to matter mm-hmm. in real and, and in fantasy baseball. Go ahead. And one of your favorite players of all time, Ozzy Albies, doing what Ozzy Albies does. Uh, <laughs> Sean, <to> time, <laughs> Sean, Sean, this is for you, buddy. You can run your victory lap. So hopefully that'll make you feel better. Uh, we talked about uh, Eduardo Escobar, Eddie Rosario. I never see them in the same room. They're the same player as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're, yeah, they're, they're doppelgangers of each other, right? Yeah. Dylan Carlson. So this is one of the few times where being a homer works out well for Mr. Uh, Harvey out in Eastern Washington with the 361 on base. Um, so he looks like in playing all outfield positions, one of the few players that could uh, that qualified at the beginning of the year. Uh, at multiple outfield positions because we do use left field, center field, right field in our league. Nelson Cruz, a wonderful pickup by uh, with by Mike here, uh, and yeah. it's paying off dividends despite the fact that he only qualifies as designated hitter, and he still has Colton Wong, who's I, I, t- I tell you guys, look out for Colton Wong. You might want to wait around for second base, let all those slappy hitters go by, and just take a chance at Colton Wong. And I got laughed at, and look at the results: three eighty seven on base, three hundred two batting average. He's just got back from the. Uh, uh, injured list and is the reason why and batting leadoff there leon yep and one of the reasons why the brewers are relevant go ahead uh, i was gonna say you know i this team uh, is hot now i don't know if it's sustainable mm. looking at this lineup okay i, I do like wong uh, i like cruz mitch hanniger right? you know it's <laughs> yeah um <sighs> He he's a, a borderline Mariners fan because he does live in Washington. I mean, he's a Cardinals fan by 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 birth, but uh, Mariners are kind of his transplanted team out there. Uh, Austin Nola, once he gets going, I think that just that might give him one of the better uh, on base catching duos in all of our in our league. So that's going to help uh, Luke Voigt when he gets back. That's just going to do wonders for his power. And you still got Nolan Gorman and C.J. Abrams uh, kind of waiting in the wings there, uh, and, and for a while. Sucks. So maybe maybe it is sustainable. So we'll see. But yeah, uh, Ahmed Rosario and Nick Ahmed, that's not going to help any. So anyway, let's uh, quickly, we're almost done here. Our defending champ, Chick Stick the Long Ball, uh, Aaron's team, Aaron Zook, 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 Zook Oh, I skipped one. I am so sorry. I skipped uh, one of my favorite guys, Mario Margola, the Yankees fan from Jersey, the so-called fantasy expert. He writes for Fantasy Pros, has his own uh, fantasy website. 
mostly deals with the uh, with football pick'em and against the spread picks every uh, football season. Uh, offensively, uh, the singles aren't there. The power is though. Um, strikeouts, he leads the league in strikeouts though. Uh, I'm wondering how many Yankee players he has on his team that's causing that. Judge, <laughs> does he have Judge? I, I don't remember. I, yeah, I, I'm almost certain he has Judge. <laughs> but average and on base. Solid. I mean, I, top, top three right there. So he's doing well. Starting pitching is pretty good. Uh, the saves is not, but he, you know, kind of copying, taking a page from your book. Punt yeah. the saves, but will do well in the holds. Um, he got off to a slow start, but when you have uh, when you have rate stats like this, ERA, whip, home runs per nine, and on-base percentage, I think you'll do well for yourself. So let's start with um, start with his bullpen. Really quick, let's get to the bottom of the list here. And there it is. Uh, yeah. Tyler Whitener is hurt. What's wrong with him? Groin. He has a groin injury, so he needs to be moved to the IL when he gets a chance. Uh, he's riding the Michael Kopik train. Uh, smart smart move. Smart move, but uh, it's not getting him much of anything in terms of saves or holds. So we'll see if that plays. James Karinchak, uh he wins either way because even if he's not the closer, he'll still get the holds, and that would explain why he's uh, – He's up there in that category. Uh, looking at his bench, uh, who do you like there on his bench that um, you wish you had on your team? I guess. Uh, I, I, hmm. <laughs> I, knew, I knew I would stump you with that one. Oof. Uh, Oof is right. Maybe Romano. Okay. But the, the, Toronto wins so. So convincingly that he never gets any opportunities. Uh, can I can I run a victory lap right now? Run it. I I told you about Toronto that it, with a lineup like that, it doesn't matter who their pitching is, as long as they finish middle of the pack. Toronto's going to be a fun team and a uh, a team that will contend uh, for the entire season. So I'll take my victory lap right now. Thank you very much. Go ahead, Leon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had Toronto winning winning the division, so. Oh well, you're even more you're even more gutsy than I am. So good job there. Um, uh, go but ahead. Yeah, did, I don't know if I take anyone from this from this bullpen here. Yeah, well, it's enough to get him by uh, with his uh, counting stats and his rate stats. So it's a lot of high potential guys here. So he's probably waiting for them to develop and and come through later on the season so this this is looking like a pitching staff a a, a a pitching bench that is set up for uh july and august when 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 he's making his last playoff push right right so that's what it looks like so mario is always uh, a weird guy like that he'll he'll take these bold so, picks these risky moves moves that look kind of head scratching at the beginning of the year but Next thing you know, July, August, and he's one of the hottest teams in the league. So he'll take his lumps now. So that's a team. That's a guy you got to worry about every single time. So so he's playing a long game, maybe playing for keepers uh, for these believers. Hey, we we got to keep six for next year. So uh, it goes up. I think we kept three this year. We're doing six next year. So yeah, um, you got to account for that um, at all times. And and he's also playing for right now. I mean, he's yeah, he's the he's the number four seeded team according to the rotisserie points. So it's not like he's. He's being negatively affected by doing these risks. Let's look at his uh, lineup. And I mean, JT Real Muto, man. I kept telling Mets fans, this is the guy you want. And like, no, he's too expensive. I don't want him, says Sean Flannery. He looked pretty damn good with the Mets right now. I'm sorry. He looked really good with the Mets right now. But whatever. It is what it is. 
uh, we saw James McCann struggling and JT Realmuto just doing JT Realmuto things. And uh, uh, Mario, it was a, a, a mission of his to get him as early as possible. Thoughts yeah. on Kesson Hero there, Leon? I mean, it, it's more or less how we thought it would play out. You know, contact, not there. Uh, you, you thought he'd get into a hot streak, but it moves him to first base thinking to keep his bat in the lineup, and it just really hasn't played out. He's really been saved by Ryan McMahon and, and Byron Buxton, who's Buxton it always had the potential but never able to stay on the field. Right now, it's just everything is working for him. And, you know, credit to uh, Mario, who's always ahead of the game. Yeah, it's getting ridiculous at this point. I mean, he trusted Chris Bryant when everybody was low on Chris Bryant. He says, I'll, I'll take a chance on Chris Bryant. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, so he took a chance. Uh, when he picked up Byron, Buck, uh, Byron Buxton, I don't know if you remember his uh, – his little, uh, not a temper tantrum, but he kind of, you could tell that he was kind of struggling with that pick and that he was kind of regretting it. But what did he say? I, I had to do it. I had to do it. I had no choice but to do it. I, you know, because if I don't get him, I'll regret it. But if I get him, I regret it either way. So it doesn't matter, you know? So yeah. it's working out. Like you mentioned, it's working out for him. Everything he's done is working out. Even the guys who are striking out high. You mentioned that Aaron Judge, he probably has Aaron Judge on his team and you're all right. Oh, yeah. But this is the reason, Kessing Hero is the reason why the strikeouts are so awful for him. But he'll live with that. Yeah, you live with that uh, because he has so much production everywhere else. It's just ridiculous. Jazz Chisholm, we've been talking his praise. I was singing his praises the last couple of weeks. Mario was already ahead of the curve. Like you mentioned, he had him on his team way before we even talked about him on this show. And uh, <laughs> he does it every year, man. He just He's just getting – he just does it every year, and it's, I'm getting tired yeah. of it. it, but, it uh, it's just a, a, a bunch of players that you would think would be on the wave of wire, but nope. He's on his team, the Ryan McMahons, the Ryan Mountcastles. The... Yeah, Ian Haps. Yeah. Uh, although those guys are struggling. But, you know, again, long game, right? It doesn't matter if they're struggling now. Because when, when – I, I mean, Alex Kirilov is already on uh, on his starting lineup. So yeah. it's just ridiculous what he does every single season to us. Uh, Chicks stick the long ball. Zuko Verl. Okay, now we get to talk about Aaron, the defending champion. If uh, Two-time. 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 Two uh, if my mouse can cooperate a little bit, but if, as you can see right there, doubles, triples uh, are right up on the top of the leaderboard. RBI is up there, walks, but she strikes out too much, doesn't steal enough bases, which is weird because she gave me so much flack about me not taking stolen bases too seriously. And I look at her at the bottom of the list in stolen bases. Not that it affects her or anything. I just thought it was funny that uh, to do a callback to a previous conversation her and I had. Uh, respectable average and on-base percentage uh, for offense. Now let's look at the pitching staff. Quality starts are there, but the wins and strikeouts are not. Interesting. Bullpen is definitely up there, and so are the rate stats. So you see her strategy is that she's kind of taking a page from the jet drive handbook, but she's not allowing uh, – it's not her only uh, – what do you call it? It's not her ace in the hole. Because uh, as we'll see, let's go back to her pitching staff, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty well-rounded – pitching staff despite what the numbers tell you Good. and um there's pablo lopez that's the one guy you can brag about uh so he's off to a good start brandon woodruff hey mm-hmm. we talk about him every single time yeah there's jay hap but you know whatever that's i'm pretty sure that's a streaming option right there but this is her bread and butter the josh haters mike mayers R- richard rodriguez who's doing a way better than i even i ever imagined I kind of I kind of uh, fell off the uh, Richard Rodriguez bandwagon at the end of the of uh, at the end of the March a little bit there. 
Aaron says, no, not me. I'm going to go right on this train until he proves otherwise. And he's been a very good relief pitcher uh, at the beginning of April. So good for him. And Devin Williams, who's off to a slow start. Aaron says, I don't care. I'm going to plug him in. He's going to find his changeup. He's going to find his command. And he won me a league championship last year. He's going to do it again this year. Well, you'll see. But as you can see, this is one of the rare instances where uh, somebody uh, in this league is just going relief pitching heavy. One, two, three, four, five relief pitchers that we'll be starting for her next week. Because we'll look, take a look at her uh, starting rotation on the bench. You know, what do you think about that strategy that she's pulling off right now, now that you see her pitching staff as a whole? Well, Maeda's really, really struggled. So that doesn't help. Uh, Dislafini's been really good. Uh, Rodriguez, the Boston ace, really accounting for the K rate. Yeah. But looking, I, I can't uh, uh, knock the strategy of a two-time champion going with relievers and going with streaming starting options because there's only so many aces yeah. in, in the league. So you can ride a hot wave, but the relievers, elite relievers, as we talked about before, they will always be there. And she has pretty much damn near all of them. Yeah, and uh, this is pretty much the same guys who helped her win last year. Uh, now, one thing is that she has been struggling to get to that 12-inning pitching limit. This is why I had that 12-inning limit pitching, because I knew that someone would try to take advantage of the fact that if you just put a bunch of relievers out there, you could just eat up the rate stats and the, and the bullpen stats, and that it would be one way to win. But, you know, we want not just the quantity – I'm sorry, not just the uh, – uh, have teams with the high rate stats win, but we also want those teams with the high counting stats as well. And I think she's finally figured it out, and that's why she's in second place in this league. And um, so, yeah, maybe that's either we have to do something to kind of change that up and not have you guys depend so much on relievers, because the whole point is to get a good balance of both. Or, um, or uh, what, what was what was my second well, thought on that? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in, rambling. In, on in April, you, you, in April, you kind of. You kind of screwed with now with the seven inning double headers and all the rainouts in early April and May. So it's a bit of a risk to run um, when you have little starting pitching. But, you know, like I said, she got, she has Woodruff and Duscafani. Maeda is a proven commodity. So. And I see that she picked up Jose Urquidy when I dropped them. Again, desperation mode. I got to figure out why my team's so bad. And I figured Urquidy is one of the main culprits. And now I see that she's on her team and he's turning things around. So yeah. uh, my impatience is her reward. Uh, so my thought was either we change up the stats and try to put up another counting stats that will benefit starting pitchers, or we increase the pitching limits like I wanted to this offseason until Sean talked me out of it and go up to 15 innings pitch as opposed that's, to 12. That's hey, well, I mean, again, it's all about balance. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about just having somebody win because all they're doing is just putting up five relief pitchers out every single period. But it's an interesting strategy that is allowable because we do have so many um, pitching. Uh, we have so many pitching slots to fill in every single period. So, well, Sean and I and Aaron will talk about it some more in the offseason. Uh, so that's going to go well, I can only imagine. So going to look at take a look at our offense. That might be the best catching duo in all the league so far. Would you agree? Without a doubt, she went catcher heavy uh early really snatched him off the board this is why she's a champion 
uh, Salvador Perez, if, if you didn't think that he was going to have a bounce back season, uh, you're crazy. <laughs> Even a, a Brayu, a slow start. Chapman, a slow start. Matt Chapman, yeah. Yeah, Matt Chapman. But, you know, uh, riding the train with Votto having a bounce back season. It's just a solid, solid lineup, even with the uh, struggling big names that she has. Yeah, Mamuki Pass is still the good. He's trying to take advantage of the Yermaine Mercedes, uh, Yermaine Mercedes uh, bandwagon, uh, hot train, which with the ridiculous video game numbers that he's been posting, the 395 batting average, the 435 on base. For those who can't see uh, and are listening to audio only or are listening to us in the background, she has Wilson Contreras and Salvador Perez as her two catchers. This is a two-catcher league, by the way. Uh, she's riding the Thai France hot train. Um, just everything is heading for her. Like it's the complete opposite of a lot of these teams where a lot of guys are just struggling. She's going with the hot hands and it's just been all hits. It's been all the hits. It's, she's like the Britney Spears of baseball, fantasy baseball. It's all hits. Yeah. Billboard hits, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake Hornerworth, the a concern of ours coming into this season. She's like, I don't care. He plays multiple positions and I'm pretty sure that the Padres are going to find a spot for him every single game. And so far, for the most part, it's come true. And she's benefited from that. Uh, Tommy Edmund gets all the playing time from playing multiple positions. And he rewards her with a three stolen base nut and a 347 on base percentage. So lots of good things are happening for um, Aaron. I do worry about her death. But like you mentioned, why worry about death when she's just plugging all the hot hitters anyway? So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It- once Matt Chapman and Abreu get going down, we'll just make up for it. So yeah, and she's already uh, what's her record? She is six and two. So uh, I'm sure Sean is hearing the the footsteps behind uh, <laughs> his lead. And speaking of Sean, let's go to Team Magical, uh, Mad Dog Magical. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> his favorite, one of his favorite uh, second baseman, uh, favorite players all around, as uh, we mentioned. I, again, I don't know what the hell is wrong with my mouse. It won't let me go see how he's doing with singles but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he leads the league in singles but he leads the league in doubles triples again triples is a speed stat not a power stat as far as i'm concerned so it goes well with his net stolen bases so the speed he has the speed he has the power he has the walks and strikeouts uh, averaging on base it doesn't translate for some reason but i i i'd be okay with everything else starting yeah. rotation is the goods the strikeout per walk ratio is a little bit surprising to me so it's going to be interesting to see what the problem is there uh the saves are up the holds are not and uh all their other race stats are top of the leaderboard there's no secret as to why he's doing so well probably the most well-rounded most well-balanced team of everybody and just might as well start with the pitching there it is, Nate Valdi, Christian Javier. These are guys that he likes so much. Trevor Rogers. It's a who's who of uh, April pitching so far. Anything you see on your end that impresses you or catches your eye? I mean, those relievers are cream of the crop. You see why he's uh, top of the leaderboard. Edwin Diaz, bounce back season. Uh, the one Met homer that you can actually hang your hat on besides the ground. <laughs> so Diaz had a bounce back season. Jansen has... You know, hasn't fallen off a cliff yet, even though that Dodger bullpen is really uh, really shaky. Yeah. And Craig Kimbrell has found a fountain of youth. He so, called it. He called yeah. it. Yeah, we didn't listen to him, but he called it. The holds are a problem. So this is the complete opposite of what a lot of these other teams are doing, where they're punting uh, on saves and going after holds. 
Sean's doing the complete opposite. He's punting holds, uh, gaining up the saves, and it's not affecting his uh, rate stats at all. So he has a pretty healthy rate stats uh, overall. So that's a plus for him. He has Freddie Peralta, who is one of his favorite pitchers, who he's done pretty darn well transitioning from the bullpen to the uh, to the starting rotation. Um, any weaknesses that you see here? Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the K's, but his, his starting rotation is more or less pitch-to-contact type guys, but they surprise, don't up, surprise. They, they don't give up. They don't give up the long ball. So yeah. it's hard. That is hard to do. Jamie Santiano is struggling a little bit, but I mean, we kind of expected that. But still, a guy with a little bit of pedigree. Uh, who was a guy? Oh, he's basically the Carlos Martinez of the Yankees at this point. Yeah, he's twenty-nine years old as well. Kind of just waiting for him to uh, write his own ship. So he's banking on that, but that's a good uh, assessment that you have, like to pitch the contact, uh, which is something that he's been preaching all offseason. He doesn't he doesn't care about the gaudy strikeout numbers or the high velocities. He's all about the movement and the and and the command, and not and and the safe floors, right? Yep. Which explains the low home run per nine, uh, and it's uh, working out to his favor. Now he did take a couple of risks here. One of them with Robbie Ray, uh, and. Robbie Ray's rewarding him. And again, the Blue Jays. What I say about the Blue Jays, you don't need to have an elite pitching staff. You just got to be middle of the pack, and that lineup is going to save you more than it's going to hurt you, right? And Sounds so, like the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, a little bit of a crossover there. Okay, okay. I see you. Uh, which, uh, what do I say about them? I think they're going to struggle because it's a top-heavy team, and a lot of guys who were flourishing without the big three on that team are going to be butthurt about having reduced roles. Nope! They're happy with their reduced roles and just giving the ball to the big guys, right? The James yep. Hardens, the Kevin Durant's, and the uh, Kyrie Irvings of the world. Um, and they're looking very strong coming out of the Eastern Conference. So a little bit of preview there for uh, your show on Friday night. Um, so anyway, uh, let's go to their hitting. So this is a very well-balanced team, right? It is. Very well-balanced. Has the power and the speed. And right there, Carson Kelly with six home runs. Having a monster year so far. I, I wanted Carson Kelly. And I know that Aaron has the big names at catcher. Sean says, forget the big names. Just give me production. And he has your, your doppelganger. Because, uh, right, right, you got Tucker Barnhart. Mm-hmm. Well, he has Tyler Stevenson, who's having a much better year. And it looks like his – he Sean is banking on the fact that Tyler Stevenson's success is going to be more sustainable than Tucker Barnhart. So, get so wow, that's just yeah. crazy to, to it, see this. Go ahead. This, this lineup is rather outstanding. Uh, they're – Ramirez, Story, Makata. Yeah. I mean, and they're Kyle not even at peak. They're not yeah. even at peak right now. It, it's a, this is wild. Yeah. Now let me ask you another question. I, I noticed Otani here is in a utility spot and as a starting pitcher. So when he starts, does he also get his uh? Pitching Sean has stack? to pick one or the other. Okay. Either he puts him at, uh, on utility or he puts him in the starting rotation. And right now he decided to put him on, on the utility spot. So that's all he's getting. I mean. This would drive me crazy. This three fourteen on base percentage, but I mean those eight home runs. Yeah, you saw that he leads the league in home runs, so this is part of the reason why. And he has the three stolen base nets. Oh fuck you, Sean! You piece of shit. You're also getting you're getting the strikeouts, you're getting the home runs, and you're getting stolen bases from Shohei Otani. What the hell, man? And that's that's why he's the star of the show. Who, uh, Sean? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I'm just I, I'm just uh, on that show. It's not my show. I'm just on that show to quote uh, former Bears head coach Dick Duron. Um, yeah, he was. That's uh, a long story to be told. Otherwise, to be told at another, another time. But yeah, that was a thing for him. It's like I'm on that show, but it's not my show. Like brother, you're you're the name of the show is a Dick Duron show. If it's not your show, whose shows is it? Well, apparently it's not his, even though it's on his name's on it. But yeah, and then um, so yeah, very well balanced team. I mean, there's not much else to say. Everybody that he uh, predicted to be having good seasons because people are sleeping on them. I mean, look at this has to be the best bench. I mean, he even called it. He said that I got no room to play all these guys. And he's right. He's picking Otani over Alvarez. And I'm pretty sure this Alvarez was hurt. So he, that's why he did it. But that's crazy to think that we're in a world where Alvarez is on the bench because Otani is just too good to put on the bench in terms of designated. Hit. This is, yeah, this is a, uh... This is rough. We're, we're, we're dealing with a juggernaut here. That's the benchmark. That is the benchmark. So, and that is it. That is your uh, your 12-team fantasy uh, baseball life, fantasy baseball league. And uh, I had the standings up. There they are. So, there they are. So, there are the standings. Madrigal at 7-1. and one, Aaron at 6-2. and two. You and Mike Harvey are at 5-3. and three, And then you got a couple, uh, three, a three-headed monster at 4-4. Four and four. We mentioned that. Uh, you got the two so-called fantasy experts right there. But then there's Henry, who we saw his team struggling, and we admired him because he just tries to tread water and keep it above water, right? So yeah, good job, Henry. I, despite I think he'll turn it around. Yeah, hopefully for his sake. I know that. He's actually trying, right? And then uh, Jacob, <laughs> we, who was at the bottom of, of the rotisserie standings, is what? Why, why is he get eighth? I don't know what the what the, what the the Fantrex uh, method to the madness is here, but... Basically, these are the bottom five teams right here. It's a bunch of Mets fans. That's all I see. Just a bunch of Mets fans at the bottom of the list here. They, they can't help themselves. Uh, let's see. The Mets fans at the bottom of the list have a three, five, seven, a combined seven game losing streak right now. Well, then you got the one Mets fan who's at the top who's making up for all of it. So, well, it, well you know, it evens out. It well, evens you, know, out. you know, Leon, you know why he's at the top of the list? Because he has his own fantasy baseball podcast. I, 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 numbers don't lie. I, I can't be denied. I mean, the correlation's there, brother. The correlation's there. Look, look, okay, look at the teams who are above 500, right? Henry has a podcast. Mario Margola has been on this podcast. Fan meal, uh, me, yours truly. I'm on the podcast right now. Smokey Naces, you're on the podcast right now, and you have your own basketball podcast. And our guy, Sean, five out of the – how many? One, two, three, four, five, six. Five out of the seven teams who are above 500 – have their own podcast or have been on this podcast before? Uh, I mean, I, I guess it just goes to show the credibility of the Life Group Podcast Network. That's and, right. you know, just we are more than pretty faces. We got some brains. <laughs> let's see if there was anything else we had to talk about today. Uh, uh, okay, so let's finish off with this. So I wanted to talk to you because you, you, you seem to uh, – have a good grasp of this league and let's turn this off. We don't need this anymore. You mentioned our pretty faces here. We are. So you mentioned, and this is how we're going to end it. I, I we're a way above time here as we had to go through 12 teams. So I apologize for the long, but I want to get your thoughts before you leave. I saw I'm in multiple Facebook groups for fantasy baseball, right? Naturally just to get ideas for the show. Right. And a lot of guys, what I've seen is that I'm in a keeper league. I'm off to a bad start. I'm ready to make some trades and start playing for next year. 
and actually a buddy of mine, a really good buddy of mine. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to uh, embarrass him or insult him or anything like that on the airwaves. But he came up to me asking, I'm 0-5. You know, it looks like my team sucks. Too many injuries to go through. So I'm going to start making trades. Are you interested in any of my players? And I look at his team. I go up and down. And I go, brother, first and foremost, if you make it, I'm not interested in any of your players, number one. Number two, if you go out there and make any of these trades, you have no leverage whatsoever to gain. Because I asked them, what are your goals to making these trades? I want to get more depth. Dude, you're not getting shit. You have no leverage whatsoever. You need to, and I looked at his lineup, you need to start cutting a lot of this garbage, these garbage players that you have who are not come uh, to fruition and start picking up some guys on the waiver wire. And which, you know, trying is half the battle, right, Leon? Right. So, Knowing what to do with the other half. <laughs> well, listening to this podcast will get you in that right direction. At least that's the hope. Uh don't pay attention to the guy with the current four-game losing streak, though, right? Okay, so Leon, if you're one five, you're in a keeper league. You have a, you still have until maybe August, September to write the ship. What, what do you do in this situation? How, what's the? I mean, do you go out and just start making a bunch of trades to make yourself feel better about your prospects for next year, or do you get aggressive? I mean, what do you do if you're one five to start the season off in a keeper league? Well, one, it's about roster construction. We've always talked about roster construction. It doesn't matter what sport you're in, uh, baseball, basketball, uh, football. So when you look at, you know, then you consider the age of your your team. Mm-hmm. Who is, uh, who can sustain this for multiple seasons? And if you start out 0-5, you know, look at the top of uh, standings, who might be able to sustain there. And I, I guess if I, were, if I were him, looking at my team, to, just to make trades, to make trades doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you're looking at a big name, you can look at it like just like real life. Uh, look at a guy like Stanton. If I you know, had Stanton on my team, can I help someone who might be uh, looking for that big bat? If I could, if I'm punting this season, <clears throat> uh, I, I could trade Stan with some prospects. Yeah, I could trade. Uh, uh, um, I'm maybe not Judge, but not your 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 top tier, your second tier guys. You can you can get back something. Uh, two, three prospects, maybe a draft pick. So you're not totally punting the season, but you, you realize that you can play the long game. Yeah, and that's part of it, right? I mean, well, let me ask you this. Are you still trying to salvage the season and try to win for this year alone? Or is it just strictly for 2022 this early in the season? You can, because you, there's still streaming options. There's still, you know, those guys like... Uh, for instance, I, I picked up Colin Moran. Now, what do you think of Colin Moran? He's a I don't trust three, him. Exactly. He's a three, four guy. You can get hot for a few weeks. You can ride that until you can't until the wheels fall off. But you, your second tier guys, you can look at uh, you know, I'm the Michael Franco's, the Colin Moran's, the those guys you you can ride for a week or so uh, and, and still be able to compete. 
But if you're going to play the long game, yeah, I, I might consider trading someone who would need, who's missing that big bat and uh, get back someone, uh, a rookie or uh, a hot prospect who might be coming up real soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one way of putting it, but man, I mean, you still have until August because I've been put in that situation before and um, in, in, in like over the years, I mean, you play this game long enough, you kind of see all types of things. And I've done both where I was like, all right, fire sale, fire sale, take all my players. I want prospects. I want draft picks and I want uh, young keeper leagues for next keeper players for next year. And I, and there was this one year, right. Where again, off to a slow start. Uh, I'm not going to catch the guy who's in front of me in my division. So I go, all right, well, fire sale, fire sale. And what turned my thought process around that, uh, Leon, was I tried to trade with a guy who I thought was in contention for, you know, to win this league or at least to make the playoffs. Right. I figured that he would want that. And um, what ended up happening was after weeks of negotiations, he goes out to me and says, you know what, Felipe, I just lost my previous game. I think I'm going to start focusing on next year now. Like, What? Like you're much better shape than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm like what? I don't know, three and six, something like that, something crazy. And you're, you're above five hundred. How are you gonna give up? Like Felipe, even if I catch the guy in front of me, my team's not good enough. Even if I make this trade with you, my team's not good enough. So I'm just gonna pray for the next year. I mean, if you're playing for, well, what is the point then? If you're constantly playing for next year. What is the point to any of this? You, I mean, to quote my guy, Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. So ever since then, I'm like, you know, screw this, you know, trying to, you know, stockpile on draft picks. And by the way, draft picks, we can trade draft picks in our league. And hint, hint, hint. Um, just make sure that it's a one for one. So everybody should have the same amount of draft picks exchanging hands. Just if you're listening, that's the rules. Uh, otherwise, Aaron and I and Sean will delete your trade. Uh, well, reverse your trade, I should say. Anyway, you can get stockpiling draft picks, um, and 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 chase minor league players and chase unproven uh, rookies and second year men. But at the end of the game, it's a keeper league, right? And you're every year you're only as strong as your keepers. That's the foundation of your roster structure, right? Like you mentioned. So I think people are having it wrong. I think people are, 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 are trying to emulate too much of what's going on in real baseball and putting it into practice in fantasy baseball, which it, it, it's understandable, but it's not always the right thing. So the last couple of years, if I'm down, I'm not giving up. I, I think I, I in last year because of COVID, um, I, I dropped all the way to 12th in the standings, right? Shame on me, fantasy baseball expert. But you know what I ended up doing? I clawed my way up. I made changes. I made big trades. And I just, I refuse to be at the bottom of the list. I don't want to be at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I get the first pick next year. I don't want the first pick next year. Like, because it's, it's not really the first pick because five players are being kept. It's the sixth pick, uh, the sixth round. The first pick of the sixth round is what I'm trying to say. Right. So it's, it's still, it's even a bigger crapshoot than it was if it was, uh, if it was just a, a redraft league. So I scratch and I claw my way up as high as third place. I finished the year in uh, sixth or seventh, which is better than last. I don't want to finish last. I, I, I'm middle of the and I'm in the middle of the draft, which is where I want to be anyway. I'm not waiting too long for my picks. It's not too long, not too short. It's just right. It's the Goldilocks effect, right? So that's what I want to do. But it's like 
if you're not trying to play to win the game, then what is the point? Uh, I think a lot of it also has to do with knowing who's in your league and knowing everyone's roster. Uh, so, and then the strategy as well. So, uh, I know a lot of guys who are uh, pitching heavy, like myself. Yeah. And then there's Aaron, who's uh, bullpen heavy. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Sean has a strong lineup. Oh yeah, that's so. It, it, it's just a matter of who you're keeping and trying to play to someone's strengths. It's a bit. It could be a bit tricky. It is very tricky, but it's it's all about, I don't know, it's all about knowing what you have and just being, I guess, a little bit patient. And again, the whole point is to try to figure out what to do for the rest of the season, right? Right. Because it doesn't matter. I mean, this is some, these are money leagues we're talking about, and people are talking about giving up already. So that just proves my theory once again that it doesn't matter if you're playing in a free league or a, or a pay league. You could tell a lot about a person and, and their character just how they play fantasy baseball, which is another main thing that we talk about on this program. We've been talking about it with Mario and Sean now for many years now. And it's like how a person drafts and how a person manages their lineup on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. You could tell a lot about, about you could tell a lot about them uh, as the, as they are as a person. And uh, I've seen guys give up paying a hundred dollar entry fees. Just fuck it. hundred dollars. I don't give a shit. It's what it's a hundred dollars. I don't care. I mean, if, if, if you're that willing to burn money, that, that just tells me who you are as a person more than it does say about your baseball acumen. And that's just me. I don't know how you see it. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, if I could wipe my ass with $50 bills, I'll do it. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, this fantasy season, these past two years, have just been horrendous. Mm-hmm. You know, but injuries and COVID and health and safety protocols. It is such a crapshoot that, you know what? You're pretty much throwing the money away anyway. So, (laughs) what are you going to do? Well, my point is what are you going to do? Try. Just try. Set your lineups. You got three extra roster spots, Jacob, Jet. Pick up three players from the waiver wire before it gets too late. Pick up minor leaguers. I don't care. Just do something, you know? I don't want to hear like, well, the league's too hard or uh, there's too many categories or uh, it's it's a steep learning curve. I still don't understand the website. Leon got the website after a month, he says, and he's still oh. learning, but he's he's trying. And that's all Hold I'm going to say about that. I'm sorry, go. Oh, no, no. I was just writing in my book for the excuses that we're going to have for you next week. Uh, no, they're not excuses. Uh, just I'm just looking for solutions. That's a difference. I don't make up excuses. I'm just a problem solver here. Um, let's see. Hey, listen, if it weren't for these... <clears throat> quote unquote excuses. I wouldn't have anything to talk about every week, right? Fair point. And that's a, a good place to stop right there. Uh, let's go through the shows really quick. Dong City on tomorrow night with Jake of uh, Jacob, with uh, Henry and Vince, uh, the Audible. Uh, they, I'm pretty sure they got a lot to talk about after the draft. Uh, uh, Corey Richmond asked me what I think about the Bears getting Justin Wilson. It, it, to me, it's just Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy getting two, three, four years. Uh, at their current positions, undeservedly so. But they they, they play they they play the they play the owner the Bears ownership like a like a violin is what I'm trying to say here. And and, and Matt Bushnell has been our buddy Matt Bushnell, who is a host of the Audible, uh, has been trashing Justin Fields this whole time. But now he's a Bears, and now he's coming around to it. So good at least, you know what it is, Leon. It's it's rocky all over again. If they could change, and they could change, then I could change. We can all change, right? Uh, I mean, I guess unless you know, you just go to the like I said, all the human emotions of denial, anger, 
acceptance. <laughs> no, the whole grieving, the whole grieving yeah. process. Yeah, that, which yeah, I've been it's... putting off for a while now. That uh, I'm, uh, I might as well just say it. Uh, my grandfather passed away this past weekend. I've been just kind of uh, distracting myself with this podcast, and I took my my family out yesterday, and I just been uh, uh, just been prolonging the inevitable. So I'm, I'm gonna have to go through the grieving process or maybe i'm grieving right now and i just don't know it so just want to give props to my guy leon here for being a listening ear today and uh last night when i gave the admins the news that my grandfather uh you are representing the other admins who were in that chat so i from the bottom of my heart i do thank you guys for being uh, my rock yeah, uh, we no talk problem. shit about each other i know it's mostly for fun and trash talk and we roast each other but um I, it's just good to know that when i when i need that listening ear and that rock uh, of friends, uh, you guys uh, are are there uh, for each other and for right now for me especially. So I do thank you from the bottom of my heart for being there for us. What's the next show there? Um, the, uh, wrestling podcast. Yep. Uh, uh, Thursday nights, I think. Yep. Thursday night. Uh, Corey Richmond, Jason Brooks, the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And they have an interesting question on their on their group page. Um, if you can get three wrestlers to start your promotion, who are you picking first, second, and third? Any quick bites there from you, Leon? Before we go. Roman. Mm-hmm. Is that Seth Roman? Rollins. Is that Roman with Paul Heyman or Roman without Paul Heyman? Oh, with Paul Heyman. Good answer. All right, and with, Seth Rollins, with. and who's your third guy? Becky Lynch. Ooh. All right. That's I wasn't expecting that. Maybe they'll get. Maybe they'll combine powers and give us the uh, the Shield uh, two point Oh, please don't. With Paul Heyman <laughs> and Becky Lynch, you know, kind of a. What do you call it? A, a reunion of sorts, right? Huh? Uh, I, I think you, I think you put it for a job at WWE, man. <laughs> well, well, even if I was looking for a job, I know I get fired after a week anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, we would we, we like to wish you well and your future endeavors there, Felipe. Now get the fuck out of my office. Okay, uh, I picked uh, Okada, uh, Tanahashi, and Naito. They're all from the New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, I absolutely love New Japan Pro Wrestling. I uh, when when they were on the air uh, here in America on a regular American television, I used to love watching their shows every week. So uh, I just can't help myself. I love those. I love that type of wrestling. I love that promotion. And if I'm setting my own promotion, that's who I want in my new promotion. Uh, what's in, oh your podcast? And again, the hope is that we get a couple of guests, including me, on your basketball podcast, the Step Back. Do the same thing that we did with this podcast episode. Talk about the fantasy baseball uh, league that Leon, Jacob, and I are on. Uh, looks like Leon will be uh, crowned a new champion. I will wait until next Friday. I usually do a weekly roundup in our basketball life league uh, group, I should say, Facebook group. But I'm going to hold off until Friday to make it official. Yep. Uh, uh, also, oh, also catch our previous episode uh, yesterday. Yes. Uh, Yesterday, we, we spoke about uh, the Knicks winning streak ended, uh, KD's return, and so the teams who were out of the playoff contention, but uh, looking forward to next season. Uh, Damian Lillard also was talked about as I was listening to it, uh, yep. like I said, uh, yesterday and this morning, um, going to New York, having that New York mentality. Um, but are the Nick fan, do Nick fans want to see uh, the Knicks give up so much commodity just to get Damian Lillard? I think you should. If you're a Knicks fan, you want to see that. Just because, let's say, you already got your bedrock. You got your R.J. Barrett's, your Julius Randle. You got the coach that you want. You got the culture that you changed. You, I think you got to do whatever it takes to get Damian Lillard to New York. That's just my opinion. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know if the Knicks fans want to see it that way, but I mean, this is a superstar yeah. league, right? You need superstars. Uh, Julius Randle, great player, but he's gonna. It's gonna get to a point where he's gonna need help, and it can't, it just can't be waiting on R.J. Barrett. Anyway, that's getting off a tangent. Finally, Sunday mornings we start your uh, Life Group podcast every week, right here, Total Basis Podcast. So for Felipe, that's me, Leon over there. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you, brother.